sponsorship for the Cradle Catholic is provided by El Padrecito Productions. Catholic evangelization with an urban flair. El Padrecito Ministries is a nonprofit Catholic organization dedicated to spreading the gospel through the intercession of our Blessed Mother to children, youth, and young adults through the arts, entertainment, media, and education. For more information, visit www.elpadrecito.org. Sponsorship also provided by S Mind Productions. If you're looking for quality music production for your film, your music, your podcast, or whatever the case is, contact my boy Sepper Mind at PeteRoseBeats at gmail.com. Time to take you sinners to church now. Ladies and gentlemen, damas y caballeros, from Music in Focus Studio, where we discuss music, faith, community, and tacos. This is the Cradle Catholic Podcast with your host, C26. Stay tuned, stay tuned, we can learn something. When we barbecue, the only time we burn something. My people with me and we never on our own. When we have a guest on, yeah, it's like we at home, uh. We talk with bros and with sisters and we all tight. If it's about tacos, then we talking all night. And if I'm honest, I'ma order me some fries. Let's talk about hip hop, talk about life, yeah. It's real recognized, real, no, I'm talking about. So with that beat, man, that intro beat's banging. Hey, homie. man, I appreciate that, bro. <laughs> appreciate it. Hey, thank you, everybody, for joining us today on The Cradle Catholic. I'm your host, C26. I've got a, a special guest today, and and he's a humble dude, so uh, allow me to toot your horn for you. Okay, bro? <laughs> um, he's a pioneer. He's a he's a, a veterano, right? He's, right? he's one of the... the I'm, I'm going to say one of the, the first three, definitely, oh, if not, yeah. the, not the it first. Was, it w- was. It was like Kid Frost, Melamanes, Melamanes, and yourself. And so, yeah, and, and this is early days, and this is even before, you know, even, even before Cypress, and, you know, this is yeah. early. They were early. around, though. Well, they were around. They were before definitely their, before around. Their big, before their big success, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, this dude here that's sitting with me, he's he's an OG in, in, in the rap game, you know, particularly for, for Chicanos in the rap game, and, and, uh, Man, he did a lot of work with Frost. He did a lot of work with Easy E. He did a lot of work with, with a lot of the Chicano rappers in the game. And I'm sitting here with none other than AOT the Saint. What's, What's up? up? What's up? Hey, thank you for being here, man. It's a blessing to have you. My pleasure. Thank you. I grew up listening to your music, man. That's just not that's not an understatement. I grew up, man. I was probably 13 years old wow. when I started listening to your music, man. Back in like 1990. Yeah, that's right? about when it all started. 89 was when. We came out with Lowrider, and yeah. um, was that eighty nine, bro? Eighty nine, and we actually recorded it, and it wow. hit in ninety. Wow! Yeah. So Lowrider, man. For those of you who don't know about the Lowrider song, man, that's AO to the Saint. That's that's Kid Frost. That's Mellow Man Ace on the song. That's right. Latin Latin Alliance. That. Correct me if I'm wrong. I want to make sure I get all my facts straight and all my history straight, but. That song charted on the billboards, oh, yes. right? Pretty, oh, yeah. pretty high, right? Do you remember? It, it almost cracked the top 40. I think it went all the way to 42. 42, wow. Yeah. We toured, uh, and it was very big in other countries. Um, we uh, we did a lot of touring with that, with, that, with that music. A lot of European tours, South American tours. We did Chile, Brazil. Australia, Japan. right? 
then make it to Australia. Okay. The song that was big there was Tequila. I read somewhere that in Australia, the Lowrider song stayed on the charts for over 40 weeks straight. Uh, you might be thinking Tequila. Tequila was huge in Australia and, and actually number one in New Zealand. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and made it up to like number three um, in, in Australia. And I never got to go there. No booking agent ever booked me there. I never understood why. But. <laughs> so Lowrider, is that before or after um, La Raza? After. That's after La Raza. So the whole the whole Latin Alliance concept was a concept Frost came up with. Mm-hmm. I was doing a lot of writing for him. And he said, let's come up with like a Latino group with all the different eth- Latino ethnicities. Yeah. So we have like a Cuban guy in there. We got a Puerto Rican guy in there. And then Mexican guys. You know, we just we just had all the different Latinos in there. And that's why it was Latinos Unidos, you know? Yeah, 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 for um, sure. And that's how the concept came. Um, Virgin Records liked the idea. La Raza was hitting so big. You had La Raza on the charts. You had Mentirosa on the charts for Melo Manese. And those were like the first two. Those were the, the first, first two. The first two songs. Yeah. And I mean, Mellow Ace actually came out before. Well, Frost had records. Remember, I was off the record. We were talking earlier, yeah. and we were talking about the original Kid Frost stuff that I knew from Backyard Parties and <laughs> K Day, what's Terminator. And, and I want to hear more about that here in a minute. Yeah, yeah. and um, um, he had those records, but then Mellow Ace came out with um with Rhyme Fighter and he had records too. Yeah, and um, so you know they played on K Day also. Yeah, so yeah. we all on the local scene and like so actually we we knew we knew Mello he actually was on the radio first I think yeah shout out to Mello Manese by the way yeah, yeah yeah that's the homie and um and I think Mentirosa came out I mean they were really close to each other but it was probably a couple months before La Raza but they were both definitely charting at the same time I think the Mello Manese the Mentirosa song if I'm not mistaken was the first Latin rap or, or to go I mean, platinum to go, was it platinum or was it gold I thought well, it, I think the single went platinum the single went yeah. platinum right yes so the first one right yeah. and of course you and, and Melo were eventually part of the same group the the Latin Alliance right, right. Melo wasn't really part of the Latin Alliance as much as he was part of that song oh okay, um, okay I got yeah. you I got you but either way you guys were yeah. working together tough man y'all were homies y'all were y'all oh, was yeah. people man y'all we were, were on the same circuit so all the lowrider shows and yeah yeah you know we we're always we we're always performing somewhere together and so what was your involvement with the La Raza song I, I had nothing to do with that song so that song came yeah. out and now that song right there was another was it another platinum song or was it gold I, it's gold gold yeah. okay mm-hmm. so those first two songs came out and then the third probably big Chicano Lat- Latino rap song to come out was Lowrider. Was Lowrider? Yeah. Of course, you were on that. Yes. You were, and 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 if you, if you don't mind me saying, bro, I thought you had the hardest verse on there. Do you, you I know? like Melo's verse really? Well, you know what? They I, all but, go hard. I, but the whole song is the whole song is it is a classic. It's well, a classic. I think I but I like Melo put that twist on it. And it was just a trip, man. I I really did like that. But then Frost is Frost too. So you know the whole song is just a, it's a good song. It, and a lot of people don't know that we did that with the original War. Um, if wow. you watch the video, you see the guys in the video in the yeah. background. That's the original war, not the Jerry Goldstein war that the record label uh, promoted after they ripped the original guys off. That was the real wow. war. Wow. <laughs> wow. So that, that's on charts. And then, of course, how soon after that was the tequila song? Well, 
<clears throat> so we were touring with that song and I was working with some guys that everyone knows now as the Baker Boys. Okay. Yeah. Okay, they were called E&B Productions. I actually named them the Baker Boys. Okay, that's what's yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. They they talk about it. And I heard an interview with them recently. They were talking about hanging out with me and me giving them that name. But yeah. they were up in Bakersfield, and I was doing, you know, they produced on some of Kid Frost's record. Yeah, yeah. So they would come down. I was married back then. Okay. Well, I'm married again, but my first wife. And I had a, a small child, a baby, Nicole. And... They would come down from Bakersfield and I'd let them crash at my house. Wow. You know, so we could go to the studio and we'd go, you know, record all hours of the night. And I had a full-time job still in those days. And um, and they would record. And we were, while they were staying at my house and doing songs, making money with, with Kid Frost, well... They're doing tracks for me for free because they're staying at my house. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we just developed a friendship like that, you know? Yeah, for sure. I even called their mom, mom, you know? Okay. And man, Eric and Nick, they were some bad DJs. They could get down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, um, and especially Nick. And he, he even kind of was my DJ for a little while in a way. Cause me and him would rip up. We would go do car shows or he would come with me and me and him could get on. And I could, I mean, I could rap with the doing the drops and bringing the scratch back in i mean i was a classic rapper i wasn't a studio rapper i i rapped i battled i rapped you know what i mean yeah, yeah. i came from the old school back then i was old school yeah, yeah so me and him would tear it up and he he would go back and forth with cuts and he we did a song called wicked he's scratching on it they produced it and then we did a bunch of demos um they ended up getting a job and at kkxx in bakersfield okay they had the friday night flavor show that came to la power 106 but before it went to la it was actually in bakersfield okay and um so they had a platform and, and they had an insight in, in music and i had done this tequila song mm -hmm. it was still a demo because i was touring and doing stuff for the lowrider thing still yeah and they played it and um some of their DJ friends heard it and said, what's that song? They said, well, that's ALT. That's the guy that raps with Kid Frost, you know, da-da-da. And next thing I know, I had like, he, they gave it out to a few people in, in the radio industry. Mm -hmm. The next thing I know, I had like 16 ads. Wow. And it was actually, at that point, I was shopping for my own deal. Because I was also writing lyrics for Gerardo, Rico okay. Suave. Yeah, Rico Suave. And yeah. so his record label hurt tequila and wanted it for them. Okay. And they offered me, in hindsight, I probably maybe should have took it. <laughs> but they offered me a lot of money for it. Yeah. And then Sylvia Roan, who signed me, Daryl Williams actually was my A&R guy over at Atlantic. But Sylvia Roan was the one who, you know, so, uh, brokered the whole deal and made it go through. So Tequila was on the Lost Atlantic. Civilization album, right? Correct. And Correct. that was Atlantic. And that was on Atlantic. Atlantic slash East West slash Adco Records. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But it was I was actually signed to Atlantic. And um, when that came about, I was getting played quite quite literally. I think I had, by the time we we pinned the actual contract, yeah. I had like 42 ads on radio. Wow. I actually had to resend the, the new recorded version because a lot of radio was still playing the demo. Now, for people who don't know the, 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 the radio jargon, what do, you, what do you mean by 42 ads on the radio? Okay, so, so um, that means 42 radio stations across the United States were playing it. Now, keep in mind, this is, what, 91, 92, maybe? 92. 92. Yep. And at that time, it was pretty much, like I said, the only other 
songs that had really kind of charted or made any real traction for Latinos was Mentirosa and La, Ra- La Raza. So well, no, there the- was Sunday Afternoon at that point by okay, that time. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're right. So yeah, so this is like one of the first four or five yeah. songs to ever chart and really made that type of traction, man. There was Melamed and some Frost, and then we did Lowrider, and then in between that and me going solo, Lighter Shade of Brown emerged. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. had they had actually a couple. I I, I want to say that that and Latin Active were probably out oh, by the time Tequila yeah, came bro, out. Oh, yeah, Active. I for, yeah. yeah, you know what? You, this is my childhood right here, bro. Yeah. This is like, <laughs> bro, this is my middle school and high school yeah. years, man. This is like, yeah, this is nostalgic for me, bro. Yep. It's really, really dope. Um, okay, so the, definitely top first five songs. You know yeah, what I'm Tequila was yucked. Yeah, In there, right? Yeah. And then, so that's off the Lost Civilization album. Uh-huh. And of course, you follow that up with what I think is one of the Man, the, the Chicano rap classics, bro, was was the Stone Cold World. Oh, right? yeah. Is that what yeah. you followed that up with? Um, yeah, that was... How the, soon after that? So, uh, I think 90... I want to say it was about 94 when Stone Cold World came out, a couple years later. Okay. Are you with the same label at this time? No. So, we left because, um, because of creative differences. If you listen to my Tequila album, there's not no cussing or anything on it. Yeah. And then... Um, um, going on to the stone cold world i mean it was you know it was very street and gangster and yeah that was yeah. the direction i wanted to go back then so yeah you, well you know what so um, i left the label because they wouldn't let me do what i wanted to do i got you i got you so what what made you kind of go that direction as far as like going from the a little bit more uh a little well, bit less heavy you know what i'm saying to going to a little bit more something more heavy more well, gangster i was already doing all my demos were like that yeah but what they signed me for at Atlantic was tequila. Yeah. And what my A&R guy would say was radio, radio, radio. Yeah. I would bring songs that were like... Street. That ended up on Stone Cold World, like Riding High. Ooh, they didn't classic. allow Riding High to even be on my first album. Yeah. That could have been on the first album. And so uh, Julio... Was it Julio did that one, yeah. yeah. Julio G did that one. And so, so I really left Atlantic because of creative differences it struck me like you had a lot of east coast influence yeah i did i did back then you know prior to the early 90s you know the the east coast was was pretty much you know where it came from where it came from where where it started where where everybody's influence came from although i was a huge iced tea and like i was telling you kid frost fan i've heard stories about you being in the crowd during during some rap battles between kid frost and iced tea yeah let yeah. me hear something about that. Well, let these people hear something about that, man. Man, I used to, I used to go, even in, in, in the city of Monta where I grew up, well, we used to go to parties over on Cherry Lee and Kid Frost would be there. Ice-T would be there. I went to battles and watched those guys battle at uh, different, different, you know, roller rinks and different yeah. places. Uh, I, I want to say I've seen at least two or three of them. Yeah. And then when I got to know them and come to find out later, I found out that they, they were all staged. <laughs> he literally like Ice-T would say I'm gonna win tonight and then Frost would say alright okay and then oh, I'm gonna win tonight so it was all pre-written and the battle each other out and they were just battling and so this was like the WWE of, yeah, they of were all battle friends, rats, right <laughs> they were friends I was heartbroken I was like man I was a little kid I would, we would argue we would argue on who won wow 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 <laughs> me and my homies but we were like 15 we were like 15 years old getting dropped off up the street at the parties to go watch Kid Frost rap wow bro but I mean, either way, even if it was scripted, 
I imagine oh, that was just, just like an, an experience, right? You mean you're hey. there? And of course, at the time, how big was Ice-T at that time? Because Ice-T oh, Ice is obviously an icon. Yeah, he's He's huge. a hip-hop icon, right? Yeah, he was huge. That guy can rap. I've been at his house, in his studio. I'm, I'm, I, could call, I would call him a friend. I mean, we're not super tight, but I know Ice, and I've been at his house plenty of times. He had a beautiful studio, by the way, up Plaza Drive in, in uh, Hollywood Hills. And he really did the first gangster rap, too. Six in the morning, police at, at my, my door. door. Fresh yeah. Adidas squeak across my bathroom floor. Man, <laughs> that's classic. Hey, you had a song called Six in the Morning. I did, yeah. Hey, you know, yeah. was it was it kind of, in a sense, kind of paying homage to it was. Ice-T? Yeah, it was. Actually was. Nice. I couldn't tell you how who put it out or what, but it's it's out there because I have it on my Spotify. Hey. <laughs> AOT The Saint on yeah. Spotify. Yeah. Stone Cold World. I mean, I'm, I imagine that must have done some decent numbers. Must have done decent numbers. You know, we had, I don't know if you remember, but um, All Night Long was really starting to hit. Okay. And the story behind that one is we, um, we went in partnership with... Um, with this little jazz label yeah okay and not anything like tequila but we probably had 40 to 50 radio stations really really playing that record yeah over and over again yeah and the record sales were just starting to soar and we had that north ridge earthquake or one of the earthquakes i think it was a north ridge earthquake and um lost a bunch of product in the earthquake wow so we went to go get more pressed uh-huh. And the thing is, the pressing companies, these guys we were in business with, with this little jazz label, I guess they were in so much debt wow. that they wouldn't press more records for us. Wow. So we wow. lost a lot of record sales because mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. Of course, everything was physical back then. Everything was physical was copies. Phys- yeah. It was, there were no such thing as streams. Yeah. So yeah. we did, we did lose out. That record could have been a lot bigger, but, um, um, the one I thought was going to be big on that album was The Riding High, but it wasn't that. It was big in my book, man. Yeah, I, I love that song. That one. I That's the that. one I like on the album still. But matter of fact, Tony Gonzalez, Tony G, my producer, who, by the way, if you don't know who Tony G is, he's the one who produced Mentirosa for Melamanes. Okay. And he's also the one who produced um, um, La Raza for Kid Frost. Okay. He also produced Lowrider with, Will, with um, Will Rock. Both of them produced it together for... Uh, Lowrider for Latin Alliance. Yeah. I mean, he didn't do tequila, but he did, him and Julio did riding high. I mean, me and him, he's still one of my best friends to this day. Yeah. And, um, but he, he is a musical genius. And yeah, anybody man, who knows sure. him or, or knows about him will tell you the same. So, Tony G was from the G Spot Studios. Am I right? right? That was his. That Correct. was his. Uh huh. When we first started, we used to rap in the closet. Okay. And I, I, I think a lot of people did. I'm going to tell you right now, but see, back then, there wasn't, digital studios like they are now did you use a sock for a spit guard yes we did hey <laughs> oh man that's how you know you're og yeah if you used to use a sock for a spit guard you're og yeah. in the rap game yeah and in fact i think you had standout verses on pretty much every song you came out on that's oh, just my personal you. opinion thank you don't 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 shoot me everybody i'm, I'm just saying, you <laughs> know what I'm saying? Uh, I, don't get me wrong frost yeah. went hard on everything yeah. man and and nino brown and slow pain went hard on everything don't get me wrong man but personal preference you know i, I think you know aot had the, had some of the hardest verses on on everything he came out with man and that's just that's me like i said i know you're a humble dude i'm tooting, tooting <laughs> your horn you. for you bro thank you, know you. I, mean? I appreciate it man well what's what was really cool to me 
because you know I'm from Texas, mm-hmm. and and Texas and California are, are a little bit different um, as far as styles go and as far as sound goes, right. right? And a lot of people when they hear Chicano rap, you know, it, it you know, and I don't mean any, to diss it in any way because I'm a big Chicano rap fan, man. Yeah. I listen to a lot of Chicano rap. But if it's too corny, I don't like it either. Yeah, so I know what you're going. I know where you're going. Well, you know, <laughs> and I wouldn't even necessarily. <laughs> Yeah. I, mean, I, like I wouldn't even necessarily either, say but, corny, but yeah. I mean, like, it can become kind of gimmicky. Gim- well, okay, gimmicky. Gimmicky, right? Yeah. And, and and I actually don't have a problem with the label Chicano Rap. I love that label because yeah. it is what it is. It lets you know yeah. what you're getting, right? You, if, if that's what you're looking for, that's what you're going to get. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I'll tell you why I don't really mind it is because... I remember going into Warehouse Records. Remember Warehouse Records? Oh, yeah. I used to sit there and listen to the records all day long, bro. There was a section called Chicano Rap. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I look at it, and, and one day it just hit me. I was just looking at it, and I was like, until I made a record, and until Frost, and all of it, you know, until yeah. we started doing this, there was no such thing as this genre. Yeah. So they might have put that label on us, but... I was proud to be a part of the beginning of it. So, yeah, yeah. So I didn't mind. Yeah, you kind of created the subgenre of, yeah. of Chicano rap. But I, I used to hate when people would say, yeah, he's pretty good for a Mexican. Oh, I, I'd yeah. be like, I've heard that one really? before. Really? Because yeah. um, let's battle. Yeah, I'll wrap bars around <laughs> go, you, bro. Go, you know come what I'm saying? Let's, let's do something here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure, man. Do you think that, that being a Chicano rapper ever hindered you in anything you did not you know like just the fact that you were mexican or you were young you know latino trying to rap did it ever hinder you in any way no to be honest with you i think that at the time we came out yeah. if i was black i probably wouldn't have hit because there was just so many people the black doing it you, you would have just blended low right rider, in right if lowrider if i was black and i did lowrider i don't think it would be the hit that it was yeah i think at the time because we were latinos is why um you distinguished yourself right you know, yeah, yeah. We're good for Latinos. Hey. <laughs> Even, I hated that, but I mean, that's why. That's yeah. what helped us, you know, because the industry was looking for, you so know, let's you say? face it, there's a lot of Latinos in America. So they were looking yeah. for artists to at the sell. Time, there to, was nobody else doing it. There was nobody doing it. So you guys we were the first. The ones. You, know, yeah. you know, at least the first, you know, three or four yeah people doing it right that's right yeah so um i don't condone all the you know the gang banging and the, the gang banging or the womanizing or yeah, you know yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong you know what i mean i'm We've not been there and done i'm that. not square either yeah. you know what i mean yeah. i hear something on the radio and it's good i like it yeah but um but i don't condone it yeah yeah well you know we're grown men nowadays right yeah right you live and you learn right and uh you know um it's, it's good man that you that you're you, you're really understanding, man. At this point, it seems like you know that you're starting to understand. Hey, man, I, I really had an influence. Well, I have and a I lot, be lot that happened to me. So, and a lot that happened to you. I had, I had, a, I had, a, I had to learn uh, my lesson the hard way in a lot of ways. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Easy E. Let's talk about Easy E. So Easy E comes on the scene right around the time you said that you guys were doing the, the West Coast Gambinos. You said? Yeah, I think it was toward the tail end of that. Okay. And we did, um, we did. Um, Eastside Rendezvous. Okay, yeah. And um, God, I want to say, was that on Ruth? Yeah, that was on Ruthless. That was on Ruthless Relativity, yeah. wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was on Ruthless. And that's so then Frost, myself, and and Nino Brown came in. And that might be the song that I think more people know you for, right? Probably, yeah. Because that, well, that one, I, I think Tequila charted higher than that one. Okay. 
But that song has had more longevity. I mean, they still play it. Um, yeah. you know. I still play it, bro. Yeah. 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 So I, I think that one resonated more with the fans okay. than some of the other ones. Back to Easy E. How did how did he he kind of come well, on the scene? Like I've always been I've always been a ghostwriter for a lot of people. So I would go in to get paid. And that's how I knew Jerry, and that's how I knew Easy. Jerry. Jerry Heller. Jerry Heller. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, I would go to Woodland Hills to the Ruthless office to go get my checks for, for writing, you know. So I knew Easy that way. And I think oh, I wrote I wrote for HWA, too. Remember? Okay. Uh, uh, I, yeah. I slightly remember them. Yeah, they were uh, like the female NWA. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was... It was the word, a word that, that rhymes yeah. with bros right, starts yeah, with rhyme, rhyme with bros <laughs> okay a garden yeah. tool garden, with tool garden with tools with attitudes yeah yeah and i can't <laughs> say the word y'all because this is a faith-based podcast man so yeah. i gotta keep it clean yeah keep it clean. definitely yeah and um so i was writing for all of them so I, I knew easy that way but i met him you know of course tony g most of my connections always came to tony most of them and um and he started coming around the studio and signed Frost. Okay. And we did. We had the big East Side Rendezvous hit. Yeah. And he knew that I pinned a lot of stuff for Frost. Okay. And when so, you say you pinned a lot of stuff for Frost, you mean as in ghostwriting? Ghostwriting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you know, I mean, it's not really a big secret. I mean, like a lot of people know. Okay. Know about like I did quite a, quite a few songs. You did some ghostwriting for Easy as well, didn't you? I did, and and nothing. Only only thing that ever got recorded that I wrote for him was. The intro for the um, for Julio's uh, Ruthless Radio Show. Him and Julio G. They did the Ruthless Radio Show, okay. and we did an intro rap. And I think Slow Pain rapped on it. Me, um, Easy rapped on it. I think Nino Brown rapped on it. Okay. And we did this, and but I wrote Easy's part on that, and yeah. then I wrote uh, a couple songs for him for his album that. That he was working on when he passed. Okay. And they never got recorded. Okay. So, um, wow. but wow. yeah, I was I was starting to write for 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 Easy and Bone Thugs and Harmony had just got signed and they just released the first EP. Okay. Did he ask you for any of your input as far as like signing Bone Thugs or signing oh, any no. artists? Nah, he, no. Mm-mm. Did you ever give him any of your input? Well, okay. Well, I got a funny story. I got a funny story. Okay. About that. Yeah, actually. Did he ask me for my opinion? No. Yeah. Did he play me the demos of Bone Thugs and Harmony? Yeah. Yes. And when he played it, played it to me, I said, "What is that?" <laughs> he goes, "What? You don't like that?" I said, "No, man. What is that? Yeah. You can't even understand what they're saying." <laughs> what is that? Yeah. Mind you, the demos weren't nearly as good as when the EP came out, but um. But I didn't. I didn't like it. I didn't understand it. And he goes, you know, his famous words. He would always say, "Man, y'all don't want to make no money." <laughs> he would always say that. Man, yeah. is that how he? Y'all don't want to make no money. Is that his voice right there? Is that yeah. how it sounded? Yeah, that's my that's my easy impression. <laughs> and let me tell you, when he came to the studio with the EP, when the EP was done, yeah, and um, and he started playing it, and I was like. Whoa! What is that's dope? I yeah. I was com- I was completely converted. Yeah. But I have to say that if you heard the demo, but he heard it, he heard something in that demo that I sure didn't hear. Yeah. But you know, Easy was a smart man. He's you know what I mean. And oh, for sure, knew, man. He knew good music. So. I tell people all the time, man, that anybody with that level of success and that that big of a body of work, right? Yeah. 
It has to be an intelligent person. Oh, he was it, smart. Yeah, smart. He was taking care of me in slow pain until the new budgets came out to actually do the paperwork and sign sign the uh, the contract. And he would just give us money. So we we you know we went down there was with Tony and he was so sick we wouldn't even leave um, until Tamika got home. Yeah. And when she came home, we left, and he ended up going. I want to say it was that night. Ended up in the hospital. Wow. And um, he never came back out. Wow. But he did call me, and and he told me, um, Al, tell Tony to take the G fellas album and go get it mastered. Yeah. I told him, don't worry about it. Just get better, man. Just get out of the hospital, get better. And he goes, no, I but tell Tony get it mastered. I want him to get it mastered. And then, that's the last time I talked to Easy. Wow, man. All right, everybody. We're taking a quick break to shout out to the sponsors. El Padrecito Productions, Separate Mind Productions, Reach Architect. Thank you for support and thank you for making this program possible. Let's get back to the business. You told me a story earlier, man. We were here in the studio and you told me a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess you had tried to maybe write some some darker lyrics or something I along did. those lines for easy. And it kind of gave me a little bit of hope, and, I, and I'll explain why here in a minute. Can, we, can you tell but the people the story? I don't know if that's what he meant, but if that's what you want to think uh, he meant, at that's At least that's great. how I take yeah. it, right? But well, let's, let's hear the story real quick. So it was me and Slow Pain. We're in the studio, and I was I was writing lyrics for, for Easy. I, I mean, I had done a few songs, and, you know, that, like I said, um, this particular song was, um, um, I think he had done a beat, and it was a really dark beat. And I, you know... There were some rumors going around that he was kind of maybe doing some black magic, black witchcraft, magic, type. witchcraft type music or yeah. whatever, or he was into it. Yeah, that was the rumor. I didn't ask him. I mean, I was cool with Easy, but I'm. That's not something you just ask somebody. You yeah, know? yeah, for sure. And and then you hear the Bone Thugs and and Harmony album, and that it was after that, and it's on the Ouija. Are you with me? Yeah, and all yeah. that. You know, uh, so I was hearing that like, well, maybe that's. So it what sounds convincing, right? Yeah. And, and you know, back then, I just want to give him what he might want to, to to record. So I I wrote him a real dark song, and it, I mean, I'm probably borderline, you know, devil music. You know what I mean? Really? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. this is what he told me. He said, "Al, you love God." I said, "Yes." And he goes. You think I would be okay with those lyrics that you wrote me? <laughs> I said wow. no. He said, "Then don't you don't know about this, so don't don't." He go, "You want to go in a cemetery and spend the night, and we, we could write, and we'll spend the night there, and then we, we could write some stuff." Yeah. <laughs> um, otherwise, don't don't write about this. You don't know about this. Don't yeah. write about this. Yeah. You know. <laughs> we, that's that's a crazy story, man. And you don't picture Easy saying something like that, yeah. like you know, because. You know, unfortunately, you know, everything we, we know and see from Easy is kind of vulgar, kind of. I'll tell you, that guy right there, good people. This is the kind of people he was. This is why stories like that give me hope, man. So I, I always like to look at things in the perspective of, of seeing the rays of light of right. God working in people's lives. Even if they don't realize it at that yeah. moment or even if they resist it at that moment, there's, there's, there's rays of light, man. And, and anything that we do good, you know. I think that comes from he, God, right? Yeah. And those are good things. Those are good yeah. deeds. No, he, he was doing. good people. He, was, he, he, was, he helped a lot of people. He was good people. Um, we didn't have the contract signed yet, and he never let me go without money yeah. or slow paying. Exactly, man. Yeah. And, and the thing about asking you about, you know, do you love God? And, mm-hmm. you know, talking about your lyrics that you had written, mm-hmm. it strikes me as, you know what, even though people know me for this, you know, more negative type of stuff, mm-hmm. 
he had enough reverence to be able to be like oh yeah, maybe oh uh, you know but you know at least that's the way i'd like to yeah to think. maybe because like i said he was a good like he was just a good-hearted person he was like well it's kind of like I, I, I talked to you a little bit about this earlier there's a song on on the west coast gambinos project mm-hmm. where you make a, a, a comment and you oh, say yeah. something along the lines that you were selling glass but you still got up for mass or you know right. along those lines i can't you know don't quote me on it right yeah yeah and the way i took that and, and again man maybe i'm being an optimist maybe right i'm being an optimist but i felt like there was something deep down inside of you that told you you had to have an, at least enough reverence to get up and go to church and, and i'm gonna give you a perfect example of this man drive through any hood man and you're gonna see these graffiti you know these murals and you might have stuff tagged out you might have stuff crossed out but if you see your mural of jesus mm-hmm. you know the blessed virgin mary mm-hmm. you see any of these they're gonna they leave be it untouched alone. they leave it alone mm-hmm. right and to me that's kind of a a little bit yeah. of a ray of light man yeah you know that's a little bit of reverence even though it might be misguided yeah might be you know unformed right it's still reverence right it's still reverence yeah and that's something i think we should build on man we should kind of um i was gonna tell you with the kid frost thing was you know he's he's got some health issues and he had to have open heart surgery yeah and he called me the day before but it might have been a couple days before he was scheduled to do um a procedure i I don't know if it was open heart surgery i don't want to lie but it might have been a stent but it was something it was was, something serious he was worried about it yeah yeah he called me and we were talking um, God spoke to me and said, you need to do some Christian rap. You need to do some praise me now because you did it your way enough. And he said, do it with Frost. Call Frost. Now, yeah. mind you, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. But I called Frost. And when we we're on the phone, I said, you know, God spoke to me and said, you and I are supposed to do some music together, but it's going to be some Christian music. He goes, Al, brother, I'm with you. We're going to do it. And I go, so don't yeah, worry. God, bro. Don't worry about it. You're going to be fine in this surgery. Because he was worried. I said, you're going to be fine because God isn't going to be talking to me, making plans if you're not going to come out of it tomorrow. We talked about it recently. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mentioned it. And I said, by the way, you know, we still got to do that Christian stuff we haven't done yet. And he goes, no, I'm I'm in. We're doing it. So, yeah. And he'll, he'll tell you the same story. That's a, that's yeah. yeah well, praise Jesus, man, for that, man, yeah. because that, that's a good story. Uh, you know, obviously for us is one of my inspirations, I guess you say, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, and I follow what he does, man. I, I've been following him for years, man. And yeah. so I, I, I knew a little bit about his health issues. And uh, man, Frost, an if you're listening, man, I, I definitely pray for you on a regular basis, man. And, and I, I'm going to ask, you know, the listeners, man, y'all keep OG Kid Frost, man, in your prayers too, man, because he, we can all use as many prayers as we can get. But yeah, I definitely pray for Frost, man. Keep him in our prayers. And, uh, Man, I can't wait to hear that collab, man. That's going to be something. Yeah, me too. I can't wait to do it. (laughs) Right? I know you kind of grew up in a family that was, you know, that were believers. Well, my dad. Your dad, okay. And my mom kind of went along with it. When it, What happened was, um, when I was about eight years old, I think they came knocking on the door to get to invite us to a new church. It was a Baptist church, actually, Calvary, Calvary Road. So we started going to church, and then my dad, and none of us went anymore, you know, my dad was a womanizer back and forth with my mom, you know, no church involved. Fast forward up until about 93. Yeah. I was doing a show with LA Dream Team up in Fresno. And on the way back, Cream Magazine was doing an interview for us. 
And so they said, well, the interviewer called me and said, well, I'll tell you what, why don't we do the interview, but I'll ride along with you to the show, and this and that. So he, yeah. he said, I'll, I'll drive. You guys just hop in. So we actually drove to Fresno. And on the way back, we come down the grapevine, he fell asleep. Oh, wow. We, we hit an embankment and rolled six times. They had to cut us all out of the car. Wow. And that was, my okay, come, <laughs> that was my come to Jesus moment. Okay. So that's when I first, now I know, I know the seed was planted at eight, but there was no church involved in between. Okay. I don't know how long we even went to church. I remember going, my dad was the bus driver for a while. Okay. But growing up eight, nine, 10, teens, no church. I went to set free in Anaheim because I had a Christian friend who lived downstairs from me. His name was Hap, he's passed away now. He would always talk to me about God. He was a good friend. I mean, he would talk to me about Jesus and God all the time. And I would talk to him because, like I said, the seed was there. Yeah, yeah. But I wasn't ready to make any moves, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, and, we've um, all been there. Right. Yeah. But when I, when I rolled six times, they cut me out of that car. Mind you, all I got was like three bruised ribs, cuts and bruises, you know? I went to church yeah. and I got saved. Like, I was like, hey, Hap. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go to church. He goes, I got just a church I want to take you to. Yeah. And it was set free. And they have a lot of, I know um, people have some opinions about set free. And I was actually, I was actually part of the church yeah. when we, when we changed from set free to new wine and we voted on it and stuff. But so there was a couple things, but, but that church saved, got a lot of people saved and still does because they had low riders for Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So you would come to church. They were meeting people where they were. There would be about four or five lowriders in the parking lot. Yeah. You know, 10 or 12 Harleys with people with cuts and everything on, long hair. They would get big tattoos of Jesus. And so when we did our worship in the morning, Mm -hmm. they would literally like, like the band, the music wasn't very good. Mm -hmm. They didn't have a really good band. Like the church I go to now, it's it's a big production. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wasn't like that, but they would do, um, like they would take an oldie, they get the instrumental and they'd flip the words yeah, and make yeah. it Christian. Yeah. And um, so they had like the old, they called it oldies for Jesus. And they would do like, it was, there were just a couple of singers that would do oldies. They would do rap songs. So uh, the pastor's son was a rapper mm-hmm. and um, they would all rap and they would do Christian rap. And yeah. so it wasn't very non traditional. Yeah, yeah, for and sure. And then there'd be, you know, biker and they would do rock songs and you name it. So, but yeah. it was like, you, if you went to, to that church dressed up in a button up, yeah, you didn't feel you would, you yeah. I mean, you would. Yeah. Everyone would love you, yeah, but yeah. you know what I mean. But you'd probably get more looks than than if you go tattooed, ball headed to a more conservative church. You uh, know? Yeah, 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 for sure. I yeah. got you. I was pretty um, dedicated for about a year. Ever since then, I've always known that I want to do some some faith based rap. Yeah, but. I was still, that was my living still. Yeah. And I just didn't see myself flipping the switch to Christian music. How long ago was it that you kind of decided, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and follow through and I'm going to I'm gonna record some songs. Not necessarily make a full transition to doing right, you know, full I'm not doing Christian that, rap, but, but, you know, I'm, I'm doing some songs for, for my about my faith because this is who I am, right? It's part right, of who I am. Right. So, so that's when, when my daughter died. Oh, wow. Yeah. That can be a touchy subject, man. And, uh. So when your daughter passed, it. man, this is, how long ago was this? She died on um, 
December 17th in 2018. So, oh wow, um, just what a little over a year ago. Yeah, not even two years yet. Not two years yet. Yeah. Wow. Year man. and a half. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, and, and I'm so sorry for your loss, man. Yeah. I know I can't imagine the pain. Yeah. Right. Uh, of losing. Uh, this is your firstborn, right? Yes. Your yeah. Firstborn. Yeah. She was 29 when she died. She'd be 30 right now. Um, Do you mind if I ask how she passed? We were uh, at a 49er game. Me and my son, her brother, big 49er fans, and she wanted to come, uh, wanted to go with us. She said, uh, she was, she's more of a uh, New Orleans fan, but um, she said her second favorite team was Seattle. We were playing Seattle, and I said, well, why don't you hop in with us? Let's go on a road trip. Yeah. So she did, and God, I wish, wish she wouldn't have come now. Yeah. But um, and we were up there, and, and yeah. she, she left the room to go across the street, get something from the convenience store, like some snacks for the room. Yeah, yeah. It was after the game, and uh, coming back, she got hit by a car. Wow. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a junk driver. I'll never know for sure. It's a hit and run? Because it was a hit and run. Did and they ever catch the person? No. Never caught never the person? Never did. They, they tried. The detective put, you know, signs. They went on social media. They they even pulled the train records because there was a train that went by. Mm-hmm. They did see that she was, you know, standing there at this point, and then the next train that came, they saw her. I'd already been hit. Wow. But wow, they, man, I'm sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, it was yeah. tough. It was the hardest thing ever in my life, that's for sure. Please, you know, believe me when I say, man, that ever since I found out, and I only found out about this tragedy mm-hmm. recently, so ever since I found out, man, I've been, you know, praying for you and your family, and your loved ones, and, and, you know, as a Catholic, man, I, I definitely also pray for the repose of your daughter's yeah. soul. Yeah. You know, that's something we believe in for sure. And, and that's been a, a daily thing in my part, man. And, and please know, man, you, you can count on my prayers, bro. And, and the listeners' prayers, man. I, if you guys are listening, man, let, let's all keep Nicole. Is Nicole. Her name, right? Nicole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and our prayers and keep keep you know AOT and his family in prayer. One thing that I do know is that night, well, actually that week we had been talking and that night. Okay. And um, Nicole told me she had gone back to church oh wow yeah so wow. Um, and, and we were even that's talking grace, bro. that's great because her mom is also christian and she was talking about something that she wanted to get through to her mom and uh, mm-hmm. she was going to the same church as her mom and she said i'm actually going to talk to my pastor yeah. to speak to my mom about that so right. that's how i know that she was she was actually involved at the end of her life in church so it mm-hmm. made me happy even though she she passed um that day we had the most beautiful day. It was very weird. Um, not not weird. It was surreal. Yeah. That in hindsight, I think about. I kissed her on her cheek that day. Yeah. Um, she told me she loved me about 10, 15 times. Told wow. her brother. It was really looking that's, that's back. Grace, it was. Man. That's yeah. Grace. It's comforting. Yeah, yeah. Knowing that she was. Um, she had faith. That, that yeah. she believed. Right. She was a believer. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, kind of again, man. It, it gives me hope because I feel like. Not only did God allow you to kind of, you know, have that insight in her life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to help you to cope with this, you right. know, later on. But he gave you guys one of the best days of your life. Exactly. You I, know, got the, I got that. I got that. A lot of people goodbye. don't get that. I know. A lot of people don't. And a lot of people I'm, don't I'm very get that. thankful for that. I thank God for it all the time. Yeah. And a lot of people say, well, how did you get through that? Me and my daughter are so close. And I know anybody listening to look down at their child and, and know yeah. how much love there is and just like look at your look at your child and just imagine losing them. Yeah. You can't, right? Yeah. Um, you want to scream. I did. I screamed. I threw up. 
yeah. when I got the news, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, I laid and, and held my son that was with me that night. So it was horrible. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, there were so many people praying for me. Um, yeah. My family back on the East Coast are Christians and very heavily involved in church. Yeah. I want to say there were seven or eight churches over there praying for me. Yeah. I have a lot of fans I would say thousands, probably people praying for for me. Yeah. Nicole had so many friends. Yeah. I mean, at the funeral, there was a, probably 200 people outside that couldn't get in. Oh wow! You know, that just stood wow. at back of the doors. You know, yeah. maybe not 200. I might be exaggerating, but probably probably 50 to 75 people that couldn't even get into the church. Yeah. So I know that it was all of the prayers. Yeah. Because the first probably six months. Yeah. I was very strong, and and I'll tell you, people ease up on the prayers for you, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I know, after about six months, when people weren't praying as much, yeah, it started getting tougher for me, and I was having to deal with with stuff inside, yeah, yeah. you know. But um, I I get on, you know, and I ask for some prayers, and and usually. I do all right. I'm yeah. okay again. But true believer, and that's what got me through it, is everybody's prayers. I have a son and, and a daughter, man. My my daughter's 19 and my son is 11. Yeah. And, you know, it is my it's, biggest fear to lose yeah, one of them or to lose my wife. about it you know? all the time. Yeah, and I, you know, I just can't imagine, man. But uh, you can count on my prayers for sure. Thank you. And our listeners here, man. And uh, I don't know why God needed her, but, um, yeah. you know. Well, God has his plans. Yeah. When our loved ones are received into the kingdom of of, of jesus right mm-hmm. can we really be that angry about that right no i know right i mean yeah. for us here on on earth it's it's hard right to cope with but yeah. in reality if they're in heaven with with our lord man there's no better place they could be right you know what i mean yep it's just a matter of time till we kind of re- reunite that's right right so tell us about the song though that that night you guys you played so, a song for her i wrote this song called the saint yeah and i wrote the first verse and there was there was some cussing in it, but it, it but it was uh, mostly about being sort of like like an angel's uh, view flying over a city and talking about all the you know things that happen negative in like a ghetto. Yeah. And um, we were staying in Santa Clara. It was the night before, so it was Saturday night because the football game was on Sunday, and we were coming from um, Fisherman's Wharf yeah. back to the hotel. Uh-huh. And she was, my son was sitting shotgun and she was in the back seat and she leans up. I go, listen to this. And I played the instrumental track uh-huh. and I rapped the first verse. And another thing, she never really got into my music all that much like my son did. Yeah. But um, and she leaned up and she goes, I won't say exactly her words, but she goes, dad, that song is bad. Yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then yeah. I was like, really? And she goes, it's bad, dad. You got to record that. And I go, I'm thinking of maybe even just. Recording like a small EP and putting it out for old time's sakes, you know, because I'm yeah. kind of like retired, you know. And um, she goes, you have to, Dad. That song is bad. You have to record that song. Yeah, yeah. And then she passed the wow. next day. Obviously, drunk driving and hit and runs are also like it ties right into that song. Yeah. Of bad things that happen. Yeah. So on the second verse, I talk about drunk driving. I talk about a hit and run. Wow. Um... I say I fly through the sky with a bird's eye view, and when that car struck that girl, it struck me too. Oh wow! It's one of the lines on That's the song. Deep, man. Yeah, That's and deep. um, and the whole the whole you know the whole song is kind of a bird's eye view of things that are going on in the city, 
And I took all the curse words out of the first verse, obviously didn't write any on the second verse. And I wanted it to have a Christian influence. Yeah. You know, in the hook, I say the, the devil is a lie. Yeah. And um, I mean, actually, you probably could call it a Christian song. Yeah. So yeah. that was really the first thing I did. Well, we're going to play that song, man. Okay. You want to introduce yeah. it? Yeah. The ALT, The Saint, and the song is called The Saint. It's dedicated to my daughter, Nicole Stanton. Amen. That song means more to me than anything I've ever written. That was really dope, man. I appreciate you sharing that with us, man. Um, I'm going to jump into some Q&A from our listeners, man. Okay. Uh, you got a big fan base, man. You got a lot of people that still, still love you, bro. Wow, that's and, awesome. You know, they sent me <laughs> some questions for you, man. And okay. uh, I'm going to start off with uh, Pastor Juan, a.k.a. Flacco from uh, Amarillo, Texas, man. Okay. And he asked here, he says, here, I had a couple of questions 
what made you guys stick to Chicano rap, especially in today's trend? Also, how important is it to share the gospel through your music? He continues to say, many blessings to everyone still representing the Chicano scene and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. What's up, Flaco? First off, um, I didn't I didn't um, stick with Chicano rap because um, they gave us that label. Mm -hmm. So I never really felt that's what I was doing. So I didn't stick with it. I've always just did me. Okay. I'm only recording what I'm led to record. Okay. And um, I shared this with you and I shared it with a couple of the Christian rappers I've been working with recently. Uh I'm pretty much retired from secular music. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if the right project came along and it was just about cruising and it wasn't, it didn't have anything derogatory in it, I I might entertain the idea of doing that. Yeah. But um, so it wouldn't say it wouldn't have to be Christian, but but it's definitely going to be wholesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) You know, and Uh um, I think it's important. You know, I um, the music that I do now, I'm enjoying doing it, and until I don't enjoy doing it, then I'm just going to do Christian rap. Nice, nice. This next question is coming in from. Paola Corio, she's in the Bronx in New York City. Okay, cool. And she asks here, if you could go back in time, what would you change more so about your personal life than music? And then she has a second part of the question. She says, also, if you had a second chance to have your daughter back, how would you raise her this time? I guess, you know, would you do anything differently? Well, it probably ties, ties into the same I could probably answer that yeah. both questions with one answer and I was sharing earlier at around 93 or so is when I got in that car accident okay. if I could if I could change everything mm-hmm. then I probably would have uh, swallowed my pride not let the music pull me back in and maybe maybe do the Christian thing then in hindsight I would just I would have stuck stuck with my walk with, with God and and you know maybe did some Christian music from back then. Uh, the next question comes from Rob Reyes. He's in Long Beach, California. LBC. Yeah, yeah LBC. And he, he's asking, did you always know about God but didn't really get close to the faith? Or would you say God stood in your life all along until now? Oh, God stood in my life all along. Yeah. Yeah. The seed was always there, especially since I got saved. Yeah. Um... I mean, I would even feel guilt sometimes, like knowing maybe I shouldn't record this or that. And 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 I'm telling you, I've come up with good lyrics. Yeah. That I just there's certain lines I wouldn't cross. That it sounds really good. Oh wow, that's dope. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I can't say that. That's like, yeah. I can't say that. Even yeah. in my regular street music that I did. Yeah. So yeah, God was always there, always playing. I always had that voice. Always had that the the voice. Heck yeah, man. So this one's coming from Victor, a.k.a. Little Silence in LaPorte, Indiana. Okay. In the direction you are going now, know that you have my full support. Did you ever imagine that your music would take off in the way it did or that you would get the opportunity to work with artists like Eazy-E or Kid Frost? It's a good question. So there were like a few big moments for me. Yeah. My, My biggest moment I remember to this day was when Kid Frost's album came out and they had wax back then and I flipped it over and I saw my name on an album. Wow. That was a big deal for me in the credits. 
second big deal for me was to hear my voice on radio station. Yeah. And that was in Bakersfield and then Power 106 with Lowrider. Yeah. And then the third biggest thing was to see a video come out on, you know, like MTV. And then and then when I got my own solo album, that was yeah. a big deal for me too. So those those were all milestones for me. Last question, man. This is coming from Benny Santibanes, a.k.a. Purpose, from Wichita, Kansas. And he's asking, as a Latino pioneer in the rap game, what's your vision for where you will be going with your music? Tell us how the Lord impacted and transformed your heart and mind. It's kind of in God's hands right now, so yeah, I don't yeah, know. Sure. I don't know. Maybe I don't, I don't do... Amy, take me home tonight. <laughs> Who knows? You know, yeah, so, you hopefully know, not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely. Hopefully not. But yeah. so we don't know. But um, you know, we don't know. Only God really knows. But um, I, I'm enjoying doing it. As long as I enjoy doing it, I'll, I'll continue. Hey, one last little side note, man. Uh, we're here today, man, and tomorrow is <laughs> is Mr. Mr. AOT's birthday. That's man. right. <laughs> Hey man, so happy birthday to you! Thank man. you, happy Thank birthday you. to you, and, and, I, and I hope you, you know, enjoy your, your your birthday here with your loved ones, man. And, and I hope you really have a, you know, a blessed time. Hey, when I'm out in L.A., man, you got to have me over for I, some steaks. I bro. will. I got a big smoker, man. It's awesome. Hey, that's what's up, man. You're a, you're OG. I think Latino rappers in general owe you a debt of gratitude, man. A, a, a huge debt of gratitude because you've kind of paved the way for us, man. You know, Thank you. Whether it be Chicano rappers or Latino Christian rappers or even the you know the Boricuas or whoever, yeah, right? Yeah. Because you guys were the first ones to do it, man. And we, we uh, thank you for that, man. And I thank God, man, for for your conversion, man, and, and your the way He's guiding you right now. I hope to see big things from you, man. Thank I you. Really hope to I see appreciate it. it, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, thank you for being here, man. God bless you and your family. God bless. Hey, and thank you to the sponsors, El Padrecito Ministries, Reach Architects. My boy Mind on the production and Val Morale for dropping that, that fire verse at the beginning of the podcast. And a big shout out to my homie Chico at Music and Focus Studios. I'm your host C26. Thank you for joining us on The Cradle Catholic. We'll see you next time.